Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. At Leia Healthcare, we always want to give our members more. So now you get unrestricted access to a world of benefits that will help you stay healthy. From convenient video calls with a GP to get prescriptions online, to easy access to experts when you finally want to do something about your ropey knee or dodgy back. And if you do need to see someone urgently, our clinics are available for minor injuries, all without you needing to put your hand in your pocket. Let's stay on top of your health, in every way. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Insurance provided by Ellipse Insurance Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare. Leia Healthcare Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare and Leia Life is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Unrestricted benefits are available until the end of December. Fair usage policy applies. What an open goal we've got for you today. The first Tuchter we've had on, Barry Robson. Well, we're going to get Ross totally, but he's modelling today, so... Oh, fuck. <laughs> we've had to get you on, mate. Big Roscoe, eh? What a Same man. lad. Um, grew up in Inverurie. Mm-hmm. What, what happens in Inverurie football-wise? Come on, tell us. Man. Is it known No, that? well, it's, to be fair, it's Inverurie locos. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember going there as a kid, like, uh, obviously, the Highland League team, so we'd probably go down there with a few of my mates. Nick the balls, would stand behind the, you know, when they're him shooting and all the rest of it, would steal the balls and all the rest of it. But, but f- football reason-wise, nah, it was just, just a, a basic kind of plain little town. But the thing I don't get now is when you watch, when you see kids, like, we, we walk to school, you'd walk with a ball. Wherever you went, you'd, you'd have a ball. You, you, you never see any kids walking to school with balls now, do you? No. no. And, and my son came back the other day and says, oh, he couldn't take his ball to school. I says, why? Because they banned it in the playground. So what chance you got? <laughs> it wasn't like that back in the day, back in Inverurie, but no, it was just a pretty... It was a nice little place, pretty boring kind of place, but, but it, was, um, it was good. It was good. It was a good way to grow, a good place to go. And football-wise, were you the top man? Aye. Well, you would need to be, wouldn't you? <laughs> like, when you're... Isn't that a big population of 10,000 or something? So, I well, definitely was the best player in Inverurie at the time. Uh-huh. How did it? Was it Rangers that seen you at first? I was about 10 years old. Well... I played for a team called Colney Park in, in Inverurie and then there was a, like, obviously there were better teams around Aberdeen, so D-Side came to me, there was a, a club down default called D-Side and they came and said, look, would you come play with us? So I played for the school on a Saturday morning, D-Side on a Saturday afternoon and I'd play with Colney on a Sunday. Wow. So that, that's the way it was back then and then when I was 10 years old there was a scout who actually lived in Inverurie, it was a Ranger scout and um, it was for that age, 10 years old, I started going down to... Uh, Rangers, every holidays, every Christmas, right the way through, you know. I think I signed a form under the table, they called it, when I was about 11 or 12. And I just stayed there right the way through and never went to any other clubs. 
And what what happened at Rangers then? Was it uh, get to 16 and it was a, a no? No, 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 I went full-time. Oh, did you go full-time, right? I was right? full-time at Rangers for three years. Um, no, basically what happened at Rangers, I, I wasn't mentally, I didn't think ready for it. I wasn't physically ready for it either. Um, and that was probably why I had to go away elsewhere to learn, you know, to become a good professional and that. But, but what a time to be at Rangers. You know, you'd had um, Gaza, Loudrop, Girante, Coiste, you know, like the, all them in the dressing room and that, but what a... How were they boys with the first team of you young boys? Oh, they were brilliant. They were brilliant because, like, the, in the Rangers dressing room, you'd have... Um, it was a huge issue. I don't know if you've been in it. And there would be a big net they'd put up, like a heady tennis net. Right. So, Archie, Walter Smith, they would play against maybe, say, Coiste and Girante, right? And it got, I, I mean, fucking proper heated. Really proper heated. So what they'd do is Archie'd come out and they'd find the youngest player Right, the apprentices, the youngest one, the quietest one, say, right, you're a referee. So oh. you can imagine a young kid, like 16 years old, you know, you're sitting in there and they're, they're standing like that and it's, I, I mean, intense. And Archie'd be running right up to his face. It was my point, it was my point. I mean, okay, it's your point then, coisting that, they'd come running off. So it was like, it was like a baptism of fire for, like, it was just totally different now. You couldn't, you couldn't, like, do that now, you know? Yeah. But, um, but no, the, the things with, with, with Gaza was he, was, he was a funny, funny man. I feel sorry for him because he's a genius as a football player and all he did was try and help people, you know, around about him. Mm -hmm. Like every away game he would come in, <laughs> you know, you get your club tracksuits and you do a season. So he had to get a new one every Friday. So he got a new one for the gym and he just lose it. And then he just go to the boot room, you know, the old stinking trainers, like, just stick them on, away he went. <laughs> like, no, but game. Uh, um, but no, some days he would Great upbringing, that, eh? Oh, yeah, listen, when, you've, when you see, it was, a, it was a dressing room of, like, massive personalities, you know, like, as a young boy, I'd walk in, and here's a wee curly guy with a spotty face and all that, and they used to terrorise <laughs> me. I still get that now, mate. Honestly, they used to terrorise me, so... You'd come in the dressing room and you'd have like Andy Gorham, Stuart McCall, Richard Goff, uh, Gaza, um, Loudrop, Mark Hatley, um, Charlie Miller, Derek McInnes was there at the time, Gordon Jury, you know, and I mean, I big personalities, you know what I mean? So Was that hard for a boyfriend, Varuru? Do you know what? Because I'd been there and I'd, I'd kind of, every summers and that I'd go down and stay, it was, yeah. it was all right, so I'd kind of got to know them, especially when I was full time. And... Uh, but no, they were, the, the dressing room was brilliant, honestly. Would you, would you give them a bit back? Because oh, I know so, you know you're a so loud guy. So one day, right, I, one day, I, exactly. So one day I was in there and there was, uh, the, the, oh, spotty face, ginger balls, and the rest of it, right? So what, and then, uh, right, so he's coisted, you know, they were fucking hammering me, giving me it, uh, he's your auntie and all that. So they're absolutely hammering me, and then uh, it was coisted, just kept going, kept going, and I was just standing, there. it was only about, maybe 15, 16. And I was like, by the way, coisted, you were murdering Saturday. Right, and the whole dress, you we fit 16, you know, because they loved it, you know what I mean? Brilliant. But, but uh, oh, he was, he, he was, he was brilliant company, you know what I mean? He'd come in, Coisty'd come in every day, there's a water machine at the bottom, so you'd get a cup of water out and stick it in his head, right? And they'd all line up at the other end of the dress, you know, they'd hard socks, and they'd wind them up soaking, and they'd just, I mean, launching it, and he wouldn't flinch. Just stand there, bang, <laughs> right off his face. He wouldn't have flinched. Geraint and Ferguson told us that he used to do that. Uh, That's probably what you said that. Yeah. But he did, and he was, he, he, he was brought that, and obviously his gear was horrendous. Christ, yeah. his gear was terrible. He just like American football, like jackets and stuff and that one, but he's a good-looking guy, do you yeah, know what I mean? So yeah. he would never have his own toilet bag, so he'd just go about all the rest of it, and then just do that. He'd go into somebody's toilet bag, pff, wee bit of gel, 
and it, it, where he where he like got changed, he just walked in. There was a mirror on the way out, and he just go like that. Walked in, put one hand, one hand. He just go like that, super alley, and he just walked in. <laughs> every day, every day, Amazing. every day, and it was brilliant. So good. But um, but then so like at Rangers as well. I was a. Um, so it was me and Fergie, Barry Ferguson, we were in the... Oh, they just come through together, uh, right? So Fergie was a year older than me. So we, we were staff room, right? So that was our job, the staff room. So we had Archie, like Walter Smith, uh, David Dodds was there, John Brown was on the coaching staff, Billy Kirkwood and that. So every day without fail, Fergie, Oleg, because Archie had nicknamed Oleg after Oleg, because Nets were right, yeah. Oleg, get your fucking asses up here now. So you'd walk in every day, you know what I mean? And you'd come to the door and you'd get hot in the back of the head. And like, honestly, it was proper. Mm. But good, you know, good laugh and that. So we had to go up the marble staircase every day to get him tea and toast. So I says to Fergie, right, we'll, we'll go and get him a tea and toast. So I'm making the toast and Archie's shouting. I can still hear him shouting. So we get the toast and I goes like, right, start licking the toast, right? So we Fergie, I'm licking the toast and all that, Archie. And we're going down, we put the other toast and all that on. We're just knocking the door and that. Hey, yeah, Archie, and he's hitting you in the head when you're gone in and that. And he's sitting eating the toast. Yeah. around you, by the way. <laughs> but that was, the, that was the kind of things that, like, Archie and that would do. It was proper Probably. banter, do you know uh, what I mean? It yeah, was yeah, it's like, missing now, uh, a hundred percent, like, we, you, you, I mean, I try and, we try and do it with the young boys. Not like we try and have a laugh with them yeah. and get them a tea and toast and that, but you, you can't, the way that we were treated in that, you know, like, <laughs> I remember a story. There's a boy called John Douglas, right? He's the thickest guy you've ever met in your life. So uh, Archie comes in uh, into the boot room. He says, to, he says to Doogie, it was his nickname, he says, right, Doogie, this is actually, this is a gaffer's shoes, I want them clean, spoil it, I want everything, the soles, the fucking lot, right? No way I actually would go on. So Dougie goes like, oh, all right, okay, so he's polishing and polishing, but Dougie went and polished the fucking soles of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Walter Smith leaves, he goes out there, he goes out there, it was about five, six at night, so it's dark, so he's in his car, it's like cream Mercedes, you know what I mean? And he has the notice, you know. So he gets him all the way home and he walks into his house through the cream carpets. And he's <laughs> just see the black imprint. So Walter Smith comes up, where's that stupid fucking dingy? Where is he? You fucking ruined my carpet, you ruined my car. Released. <laughs> but it was, no, it was, it was brilliant. But that was a kind of, it was a kind of banter I was back then, but. Ah, some stories. You what about the coach? What was the coaching like compared to now for young kids like yourself? It was totally Rangers? different then. It was. It wasn't like bomber would take a warm up, and it was like a proper warm up. It was like a twenty minute run, <laughs> <laughs> <It's just fucking> <laughs> <laughs> and it was different. I mean, this football evolves, doesn't it? It gets different, and because uh, I never played in the first team, it was just reserves or whatever, and like even the reserve team at that point was was ridiculous. You know what I mean? But but um, but no. It was, a, it was a great upbringing to learn, but maybe you kind of get your head turned to have a laugh. Too much this, carry on ahead. Try to think to yourself, but... Because that was the thing, they would always go on about these boys going out drinking, but I've never seen them work so hard, you know? Even they were injured in that coist, they'd be in that gym, banging it, sweating, it really worked, you know? Real winners, they were real proper winners, and I've seen that about them. Loads of arguments in that, in the, in the dress. Because you were, you were kind of outside the day, but you've seen it, you know? You've seen it, for, although you weren't in it half times and stuff, but... But no, he was, uh, that was just an, an, an unbelievable restaurant. Do you think that stuck with you? Because you were a, a real grafter, weren't you? Well, that, that was the biggest thing. I mean, that's when I learned, when I went away. And I remember being, uh, went on, I, was at, I went to Inverness after that. I was actually on a building site with my dad for a month and I thought, right, I need to... But after you left Rangers? Yeah. Right. So I was like, right, what, well, I need to do something here. So I went up to Inverness, I got a three-month contract there. So that, then they extended it to the end of the year. 
And then they put me on loan at Forfa, and I remember I was out on loan at Forfa, and I was sitting in a bus coming back, must have been about nine o'clock at night for Forfa, coming back to him, and I thought, right, what are you going to do? Like, I knew I was better than that, and I thought, right, it's time to screw the nut, you know, just, just give it everything you've got. And for that moment on, like, it was like an epiphany moment for me, you know, and that was it, it was just like, die, it was right, not that I was ever gone out and all that kind of thing, it's just a bit lax, you know what yeah. I mean? Then for that minute on, it was just pure dedication, you know, it was... And it just got more and more and more. Like if I played, even at Dundee Uniteds and stuff, if I'd played a game on a Saturday, I'd get up on a Sunday morning and I'd do four, four minutes. Did you have before the game? And then I'd train on the Monday and then whenever we left on the Monday afternoon, I'd go back out and I'd run again. You know, just to, to know that I was working harder than the people I was playing against. Jenk, it is as simple as that for young kids, work harder and you'll, you'll get there. I think so, but you, you, you obviously need to have talent. You never set about talent, mm. but talent only takes you so far. Definitely, 100%. I've seen so many young, talented players coming through and they haven't got the, the, the work ethic, you know, the graft, the determination. and That's a big, big thing, I think. Well, I believe, because you get so much more out of yourself, you know, that's it's just a fact. Especially now I went to coaching side, you see it, you know. So after the loan to Forfar, can you remember the, the debut for Inverness? No. Can I remember that? I can't remember my debut for Inverness. What was my debut for Inverness? Oh no, it was, I'll tell you what, my debut for Inverness was at Forfa. Right. There you go, it was away from home, I remember that. That was it, aye. Down at Forfa, I can't remember the result. Mm -hmm. like but was there a stage you got to Inverness where you thought, I'm, I'm too good for this now, I need to move um, on? Aye, it was getting more... Because I know Dundee United had came in for me. Um, they'd come in for me on the... It was before I'd actually went. Six months, it was Christmas time, but they, Inverness never let me go. And then Aberdeen and Dundee United both came in for me. And that would have been going back home, but I think Dundee United offered maybe 500 quid a week or something more at the time, you know, and, and plus they were signing good players, like Derek McInnes was getting signed. He was coming back up for West Brom. It was Charlie Miller there, boys that I'd known, and I thought, you know what, I quite fancy that. So that's when I went to Dundee United. I knew, yeah, Inverness wasn't enough for me anymore. I needed to go elsewhere, so that's when I went to Dundee United and then it was a, a brilliant club, it was a good time I had there. Mentioned well. some great players there, but what about the manager Ian McCall? What kind of character oh, are we talking? He loved me as a player, <laughs> uh, he, I, he tried to sign me loads of times, but uh, he was a character, he was, he was, he was, um, <laughs> how can I say it, he was good, I, I enjoyed him, he was, he was a bit of a madman, but, yeah. but he had good coaches running about him, Chizzy and that, you know what I mean, he was, yeah. he knew the game, he, he, he knew what he was doing in the game, and, and um, I think maybe Ian's biggest problem was when he'd signed all that players because it was when Eddie Thompson came in and they wanted to bang all the money into the club, you know. He didn't realise it was a big black hole he was putting it into. And I think maybe Ian had tried to just sign the best players going about, you know what I mean? He tried to get myself, Derek McInnes coming back up for West Brom. Like he'd paid, like Stevie Crawford was a Scotland international at the time. And it was more a case of just getting all the best players in rather than getting positions for the players, you know right, what I mean? Uh -huh. so, it didn't quite, there was a lot of big personalities in that dressing room. I'll tell you, Jimmy McIntyre, you had um, Charlie, you had, um, who else? Well, it was Derek McInnes, it was like, it was, there was loads of big characters in there. But, uh, Is that a laugh every day? A laugh. <laughs> Charlie was brilliant. Uh, Charlie was, uh, he was... He's been on, Charlie's been on. Yeah, he's a funny boy, Charlie. <laughs> what would he do? Just stupid things like... like You'd think as an adult, you know what I mean? He, would, he, he just, he wouldn't get it. And see if you'd done him, see if you'd done his trainers or something, right? And he would, he, it was one day I think I'd had one of his trainers, right? He's obviously a big kid myself. So I'd had his trainers, right? So he went to the gym, he drove to my house, 
just to spray all this shampoo and stuff on my car. I'm like, Charlie, <laughs> I just had your fucking but Why would you want to drive it? No. So he was, Charlie was, uh, Charlie was brilliant. Can McCall handle these sort of personalities? Um, I, I think he could to a, a certain extent, but um, it's, a, it's a brilliant story with Charlie, right? So he's, he'd been betting too much or whatever, right? So he thought to himself, right, that's, I'm going to stop betting and all the rest of it, right? So he comes in, right, and he sits all the boys doing the dressing room, and he says, so he stands up and he goes, right, boys, um, he says, right, stop giving me the racing post and all the rest of it, right, I'm going to stop us betting and all that. I don't even think Charlie bets now or whatever, but, and then he says, I'm going to stop it, I'm going to do this, I'm, I'm not wanting it, and, you know, he was a really heartfelt kind of Charlie, no like Charlie, right? And uh, so Jim Patterson, right, he didn't realise there was a meeting, like Charlie had held a meeting. So the door swung open, right, <laughs> and Jim Patterson just caught, caught the last bit of the conversation. So then Charlie sat down and Patty turned around and went in front of him. He says, you know what, Charlie, I thought you had a bit of a drink problem. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I was gambling your dick. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Charlie, Patty came in and said that, but, but no, Charlie would never drink problem. Gambling. He was just because he didn't want to be punting and all that. Oh, that day, but uh, ah, it was a good... It was a what good about as a player? Top player? Brilliant. Unbelievable football player. Honestly, uh, and the child don't mind me saying this, but a waste. Uh, he should. He should have. He should have been at Rangers top man for years. You know what I mean? But but then you've got to remember at that time as well. You had you had Gazers and Loudrops and McCalls and Ian Ferguson's like really top players in that dressing room. You know what I mean? But even for you as a young player, Rob, we're going to United and you've got McInnes and Miller to learn off it again. It's another great great yeah, upbringing I, for you. Del was a big. I learned a lot for Del. Del was. Derek's more of he was he was the ultimate professional, and I had become that at that point as well. So um, he would he would work every day, and 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 you know what? He, he, at that time he came from West Brom, he was struggling with his knee. You could tell he was struggling with his knee. In fact, he shouldn't have probably had the career he had because of his knee. I think he was told he'd, he'd be lucky to get eight or nine years out of his knee when he was nineteen. Mm. So that just shows you the attitude that he had to to work by that. So Dell was good. Um, and he was the ultimate professor because we used to share rooms away and we'd go on boys' holidays and that, me and Dill, so... Oh, you would know, go away at the end of the year? Yeah, sometimes we went away a, a few boys' trips, which was, which was re really good. I went to Magaluf one year, uh, we went to Magaluf and we went to... We went to... It was a pl just a place in Spain, so we'd, I, we'd got to the final and one of the directors had said, like, he'd come on the bus and he'd had a few, right? Mm. And he says, if you get to the final, I'll take you on a holiday trip, right? So he goes, right, all right then. So we did, we got to the final, I think Celtic beat us 1-0. So we went away on a trip to Spain. And the director had paid for it, all right? It's a big boy, John Bennett, lovely guy, right? So we're in, we're in sitting in this restaurant night and he's steaming, absolutely steaming. And sitting in, he goes, Robbo, come here. I says, what is it, John? He says, stand up, stand up, right? This big jug of pint. He goes, he goes, hold that, so I'm holding it. And he goes, smash it in my face. I'm like, what? <laughs> he says, smash it in my face. I want to smash a beer like Honestly, he just went mental, right? And so it was about an hour later, I was walking back, going to, here's him lying on the beach with his hat. <laughs> Absolutely stoned. <laughs> Honestly, gone. Directly <laughs> a football club, you know what I mean? Oh, but, brilliant. But we had, was the whole club like that then? Was it a, was it a great camaraderie throughout the whole ah, club? Ah, yeah, like it that? was. I mean, and that was my biggest bugbear we'd done. I was down watching a game maybe about a year ago. And um, a great club. I was a captain and all the rest of it, and I loved it. But it was like it was it was tired. 
It was like, you know what I mean? The, 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 the whole place just needs a lift, you know? They just need that, need that belief back. You know, they, need, they need, like, see these people moping about clubs and that. Just, they need somebody to go in there and invigorate them, get them up, get them going again, you know? Mm. Get the, the real atmosphere about the place. And it starts with that, you know? And then you can build for then on in, but... Because um, it's, a, it's a brilliant club, a really good club. See, when you mentioned the players, the top players there at United had, but why do you think he's never done better? But, but that reason, maybe, um, just just probably too many good players. That sounds weird, you know. But but um, <laughs> but great times. It was good times, but let me tell you, do you know what? When we got it right in a game, we got it right. You know, no teams would. I remember we, we, we played Celtics three two. What a game! Bellamy scored a hat trick. Me and Jimmy scored for Dundee United, but we were outstanding that day. Have you ever got that clips of five goals in that game? Were ridiculous. Five brilliant goals, but. It was some, it was some um, when we got it right, when we beat Mark Wilson at right back, ended up going to Celtic as well, Gals and goals, uh, Archie, Alan Archie, well, Archie was playing at, uh, uh -huh. left back, so it was a dressing full of managers, mm -hmm. basically, that went yeah. on to be managers. Obviously, I'm going to try and become a manager myself, so all of them, it was in there, Jimmy, Archie, Derek, you know, it was just full of boys that have wanted to be a manager. Just one last character in that dressing room I want to ask if you, you played, was it Andy McLaren? Oh, Andy. <laughs> He's on so here Andy, regularly. Uh, oh, is he? So uh -huh. Andy, you'd come out. Andy would either come walking in like this, right, <laughs> no say a word, or he would come in bouncing all over the place, right. Uh -huh. So he was, I think, it was Gordon Chisholm was the manager at the time, and he was just waiting to come in and do a team talk. And Andy's standing, right, scud naked, on the top of the treatment table, in the middle of the dressroom, doing his daft dance. Oh, and you come chizzy, and I'm like, oh, well, he's a guy. How, how do you how do you deal with this guy? Do you know what I mean? Oh, how do you deal? But uh, good player, Andy, by the way, uh -huh. really good player. And he this ridiculous thing. Every time he played, he came in at half time and he was sick. Was he? Huh? I used to walk in and go <laughs> every half. That's because he was steaming the night before. Oh, but no, but, but he, to be fair, he wasn't. He wasn't drinking at this point. And he, but he was. He was. Um, <laughs> he wasn't Stephen at this point, Andy. <laughs> oh, he was some boy, Andy. Brilliant lad. Uh -huh. Just want to ask about the 2005 Scottish Cup final against Celtic. Tight oh, game. It's a boring game. When it was Alan Thompson scored a free uh -huh. kick under the wall. Oh, we should have done better that day. It was. It was a. It was a. Would. Would went into the game thinking, you know what? Celtic were there for the taking. And you know, I thought end of season we're gonna. But it's the same old Celtic, isn't it? They've got that mentality of just knowing how to win a game. And that was a prop, that was a top Celtic team. Mm. You had Alan Thompson, Larson Sutton, you know, all these players, they were incredible. And it was tough, but we should have done better that day, but do you know what? We, we gave it everything we had in the day and it just wasn't enough. How disappointing? See, when you lose finals and stuff like that for teams, like, how disappointing is it? It is, it's huge, especially when you see the fan base and that you take down, you know, and you realise that Dundee United is a big club, yeah. because it is a big club, and uh, when you let people do it, it's never easy, is it? Especially when you, you get all the way to the final. And I think we got to this, we got to the final of that, no, the semi-final we got to, no, I think we got to the final of that, no, we didn't. No, it was just one final, we got the semi-final of the other one, so, with that cup that year, you know. And good players, we, we could have won a game. See, United, who, who was the manager that brought you on the most? Um, do you know what? If I'm going to be completely honest, I never really started learning, I don't think, off a manager until I played under Gordon Strachan. Really, yeah. I think the way he, he, he coached you or spoke to you, I think Ian McCall and Gordon Chisholm and that were terrific coaches, good guys and all the rest of it. it was maybe a bit... Gordon Strachan made me think in a different way, you know? Like, really started to think about positioning and all the rest of it because I was a bit of a free... 
spirit at times, you know, just go and play, but he in, in, instilled that in me a lot more. What stage did I get to United that you thought, I need to move, I need to get on there? I think, I think it was unfortunate. I think I could have moved for Dundee United a year or two quicker. Um, because sometimes you see players getting in the Scotland squad now when they've scored two goals. I think I was banging 15 goals a season in for midfield for two, three seasons before I even got in the Scotland squad, you know. How frustrating is that? That was frustrating. That was because I was thinking, wait a minute, like, I'm getting voted for player of the years and all the rest of it. We all know that peers and they weren't, I wasn't getting in. But then eventually Alan McLeish gave me my first cap, you know. And then, funnily enough, it was three months later I signed for Celtic and then it was me a Scotland regular and I thought, well, I should have been a regular, I thought, maybe a year before. But it just shows you the influence if you do go to an old firm, you know. And so was that the mo motivation for him to get into the most Scotland scores? Or was yeah, it, money it was or a was big part. Mo well, money as well. I mean, I think Fulham came in for me, Nottingham Forest came in for me. I think Bolton came in for me. They were in the Premiership at that time. Celtic came in, obviously. And I could have went for more money than what I went to Celtic, but I wanted to go and play um, Champions League. That was my that was my biggest aim. I could have went down to the Premiership at that point, but I wanted to go and play in the Champions League. That was my that was my main focus. And was Gordon striking a part part in it as well? Yeah, yeah. He was. There was. It was Gordon that signed me. Uh -huh, but was he a big part in going to Celtic? Ah, uh, yeah. As well? I mean, like uh, it was weird because I remember like Gaz Caldwell and that had signed just before and all the rest. Of it, and he'd always went to meet players. I think, but he never met me. Never ever phoned me or nothing. And I thought that was weird, but I wasn't bothered. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I thought, well, just get me in the door. And I remember doing my first press conference. So I came in. He goes, all right, Robo. Shook his hands. We sat there. We were doing a press conference. And Stack went, yeah, yeah. He says, um, Barry Robson here. He's been annoying me for about a year. <laughs> uh, so I just thought we'd just take him along here. And he goes, right. That's me, Robo. And away he went. I'm sitting in the press conference with Koki Mizuno. I can't even speak. I can hey, English. Koki, Koki. Aye, we Koki. Remember Koki? Uh -huh. And Maka's sitting next to me. Koki's going like this. Just delighted to be here. Strako just disappears. I'm like, all right, cheers. Aye, all right, aye. I'm sitting there trying to do a press conference. But that was, that was Gordon for you, wasn't it? it was but see, at first, do you know, think this is a bit strange that the manager's not actually sat and spoke to us? Um, I pr probably. But and that's m m my... That doesn't bother me, like, because I'm just thinking to myself, right, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go and prove myself anyway, you know, I don't, I'm not bothered about somebody coming to try and massage my ego. Mm -hmm. I know where I want to go and I know what I want to do, you know, so it didn't bother me that some managers would phone you up and, oh, I want this, I was not interested, just get me in the door and I'll play, you know. Because there were some big names playing centre midfield at that time, you had Brown there, Donati, Gravison, Yarasek, Hartley. Aye. Did that not bother you now, did you think? No, I think, and I think this is where players get it wrong when they go to the old firm. And this is just my opinion. I think when you go to the old firm, most majority fail. If it's a Scottish player, the majority is fail. So when I went in, well, you had Nakamura as well, so I could play wide centre or wide. And Nakamura and McGeady on the wings, you know what I mean? It's like unbelievable midfield. And so I've just went there and I've... Uh, after the first, I mean, week or so, I thought, right, I'll work out how do I get in the team? What's the team missing? And that's what I was thinking myself. And I, and I, and I said... The thing I thought they were lacking was somebody, a real driving force, you know, a real leader driving force, just bombing box to box, really, you know, just... So I thought, you know what, that's what they need, so when I get in, I'm going to do that, do you know what I mean? And luckily enough, I did, I did get in, and, and that's the way it worked for me, because you've got Nakamura, who's a ridiculously talented, Adam McGeady on the other side, you know, and, and then Zico obviously sat in... His legs had gone by then anyway, by the way. <laughs> but uh, but he was just sitting in behind me. And of course, Bruni was there and he'd just been bought for four and a half million and he was still a young player, but brilliant player. And um, 
So, aye, it was, it was, uh, and obviously you had Gravesen, you had Jarosek, you had, so it was, there was, there was an abundance of it, but, but no, it was, um, I knew what I had to do to get in the team, and I knew I wasn't going to be one of these Scottish players that went and failed at the old farm, the go, the, the float about there, I'd play about 15 games, and then I'd sit about for a year or two, and then I'd go back to maybe a, a Hibs or a Aberdeen or something, I thought, no, I didn't want to do that, I wanted to go and make a, make a point and say, right, you know, Scottish players can do it, you know, so that's what I try to do. Did the standard surprise you? I remember it was, a, it was, a, it was my first training session, <laughs> and, and so we played wee games, right, and you know when you, you just signed, they had to do the medicals, you know, that it was lastminute.com, signed and trained the next day, and you're heavy, you're tired, all the rest of it, and I remember McGeady just went, whoosh, to his feet, and I just bang, clattered him right away. You don't just, like that, I just huh? went, oh, you know what Aidan's <laughs> So I just went, right, here you go, first time, bang, you have that. And he's jumping, what the fuck are you doing? Come on, mate, it's, it's a light talk or the rest of it, do you know what I mean? And then, uh, so that was the end of it, and I, I just kind of got on, but I'd made my mark. And then I remember Strackle coming walking on, <laughs> Gordon came walking on and goes, make sure you fucking do that to him every day. Because I think it's well known to everybody that didn't get on. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Pretty similar characters, uh-huh, the two of them. Uh, one guy you mentioned there, I love asking about because I know how good he was, Nakamura. Oh, genius. Absolute genius. And I'll tell you who else is a genius, Aidan McGeady. Aidan McGeady moved for 11, 12 million, right, to, to Moscow. Aidan McGeady should have played top three or four Premiership England. Frightening, I just, and uh, just a brilliant player. I've never seen anything like it in training with the drop of gears that he had. And he should have, I don't know, he's multi-millionaire and all the rest of it, but I thought Aidan could have done that. But Nakamura was a different, he was a different kettle of fish, you know. He was uh, just just pure, it was like pure football in boxes, you know, in the boxes. I was hitting things at his Adam's apple and he was controlling uh, it, you know what I mean? He was silk, wasn't he? He was just, every day. He could, the thing I loved about him, I remember he came in in an old Kia bus thing, with his flip-flops, old jeans on, multi-millionaire, by the way, yeah. as big as Beckham was in Asia at this point, yeah. and uh, standing at the door, young boys, opening the door for the young boys to walk in. You know, he'd go up to dinner hall, open the door, let them go first. You know what I mean? He would do his 40-minute stretching, he would get his massage, he'd do his ice bath. He was really hard on himself, Nakamura. People didn't know that about him. They always thought that he was just quiet, and uh, but he was really hard on himself. Top uh, pro, huh? Top, top <clears throat> pro. And, uh, of course, he wouldn't do any interviews because he didn't speak English. Well, that was rubbish for a start. <laughs> Somebody else who said that. <laughs> I remember doing the set plays and that, and then, Robbo! Robbo was in. He said, Naki, time to say that you don't speak English, and then I've got to go and do other interviews. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? He's like, that just laughed. He's not daft, eh? No, he's not daft. See, yeah. see, in a dressing room like that with the big players, is it, is it the same sort of laugh as you get at Dundee United now? Aye, it was. Aye. Who was the characters? Well, I mean, they were, they were, Aiden was a good laugh, you know? Uh-huh. And you'd. Uh, uh, and of course, you had the goalie. Fucking Arthur Boric. <laughs> oh my God. The guys, Big Elvis was there at the time as well. Uh-huh. Big L, so Big L, you know what he's like, coming in with the gear and the cravats and all that on, right? And I'd, I'd try and hide his trainers and shoes and uh-huh. I'd cane him every day. Elvis, look at him, he'd go, come on, Robbo. <laughs> Man made Italian every day. Morning chaps. Morning chaps, that was him, that was Big L. I liked Elvis, he was a good guy. But yeah, we had. Uh, that was, um, there was a few, there was a few, so Aidan and Arthur Boris didn't like each other, eh? so they, they hated each other. So it was one day, I'll tell you a story about, uh, I don't know if anybody knows this, and uh, so it was out in the training pitch, right, so <laughs> when we're doing shooting, Arthur wouldn't dive for Aidan shots, right? Big Mick said that. Uh, <laughs> she wouldn't dive, right? So I'm standing in training one day, right, 
And I see big Arthur running by me, and I'm going, where the fuck is he going? Came running by me and tried to go walk, try to lamp Aidan, right? So he's missed him. And he's rolled on the floor and jumped up. Whoa, 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 whoa. So we've took it in, right? So I've been like, striking, laughing like that, right? And, uh, and then, so, so we get to back into the change room, just sitting reading the paper. And I sat next to Aidan. Big Arthur came walking north to him, just went, dunt, right? So Aidan's sitting there raging. I've broke up, me and Gaz and the rest of it. So Arthur's went to get a shower, right? And Aidan's been sitting burning, you see, he's burning up. So he runs into the shower and he tries to kick him, right? He slaps and falls. <laughs> So big back in cars and me, I think we went up and says, right, we'll need to go and tell the gaffer, right? You know what I mean? Because I had to tell him. And uh, so we all walked in and Gordon's sitting there as usual. He went, ah, there's been a problem with Arthur and Aidan. And he went, ah, I thought there might have been. I hope he knocked him out. <laughs> that was his first goal. <laughs> but then he did, he came and he did, uh, Arthur got a fine or whatever. And, but that was just the, the, the goalie for you. you was know? he always canning it, huh? Aye, but he was a brilliant goalkeeper. Yeah. He was an unbelievable goalkeeper. I remember trying to hit shots past him and you just always get there. But he was... He was, was he one of the lads or would he keep himself to himself? Um, he would keep himself to himself, but he used to banter with me a lot, Arthur. I used to speak to him quite a bit. He was, uh, I liked him. He was a good guy, you know what I mean? He was yeah. just a... Just a bit of a madman. Uh, just for yourself, scored on your debut. Free kick against Aberdeen. Oh, I was flipping hell. I know. Back to the football. It was, it was back, I was back to the football. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it was a bit surreal. So it was up in Aberdeen, you know, where all my family came from. So, and it was I think, three 0 up at the time or something, and um, three or four 0 up. So they took Nakamura off. Here's Nakamura coming over. Robson going on, brilliant, eh? So, and I just remember we got a free kick right away, and I looked at Aidan and I went, "Come on, just." And he just sort of laughed and that and I went, right, all right. So I just put it down. It was big langers, it was in goals, right? He used to wind langers about this all the time. I must have put about four free kicks a season by langers, right? He bought it every time. So I would go, so he sets, langers sets his wall up, right? And he stands at that side. So I would walk over, look over the walls, I'm going to reverse it and I'd walk back again. And he'd buy it every time, he'd buy it every time. And even if he didn't, he always wanted to take a step. So I always knew goalkeepers and he took a step that way, bang, I would hit that side and they couldn't recover. So that's why I always try to hit my free kicks in there. No high, just hard. Goalie and low. side, uh-huh. It's like a penalty. Uh-huh. And um, so it was like as it was in goals, and I just went, oh, brilliant, I'll do him here. If I get this on target, I'll do him. And then I just, it was first touch, bang, went in the corner, and big Langers was standing there like that. And I think I just went like that. <laughs> but it was a, I think it was, doing, I think that was a, in the record books, that I think, I think I'm the only person ever to score with a first touch for Celtic. Like, oh, was that your first touch? You first touch, wow. uh-huh, first touch. Does that take the pressure off straight away? Um, no, nah, not really. Yeah. Not really. It's, I, people think it is, and the, the fans chant your name and the rest of it, but you, you play the next game and you're rubbish soon on your case. Uh, soon forgotten about it. Uh, soon forgotten about So you need to keep doing it, you know, that's the thing. Is that the hard thing about playing for Celtic? It needs to be every week. Aye. Uh-huh. That's why people can't handle it. Can you live in the city? Can you handle the pressure every week? You know, like, you play on a European night, you're away travelling, huge European nights, they take a lot of you, and you come back on a Wednesday night, Thursday, have you been away in Spain, wherever you've been, you, you say you're playing, I don't know, a, a, a Dundee or, or whatever, a, a 12 o'clock at home, Parkhead. So it's all come down for the euphoria, the Champions League nights, and then it's like, you need to win this. So we just sit in the huddle and we just go, right, you know what, just win, just win. Doesn't matter how we win, just win the game and get in. Do you know what I mean? Get our legs like, so and you get the ball, one back pass, boo, you know what I mean? You know what it's like. So um, we just made sure we won. That was just the, that was the biggest driving factor for us. How important is a manager then? Where the big European nights then to get you up again for a Saturday, or does that come for the players? I think, no, obviously, 
you, you will be motivated playing for Celtic because the fans will make you motivated, you know. If you want to go out there and you're not motivated, you'll soon get found out in that arena. That's what I found anyway. But Gordon Strack and some of his speeches were a uh, top drawer. Uh-huh. Top, good at keeping it fresh, top, uh-huh. uh, top drawer, like you would. What's the best one you've done? Ah, there's been so. I was one. It was a really good one. Was at Old Trafford away, and this is a true saying. It was, it was old. We're playing. Was, they were calling it a battle of Britain. Or whatever. They beat us three one in the end. And um, obviously they had Rooney, Ronaldo, fucking. Mm-hmm. Um, they had. They, they, they were some side, and he, and he and he just stood up in the dressing room and he says, right. He says there'll be about fifty million watching the game tonight or whatever. Cause it's Man United or the rest of it. And he goes, do you know what? You got all your press, all your all your friends, and that saying. I would love to be playing for Celtic at Old Trafford here. They'll all say that, but he says, I'm telling you, they don't. Because they'd be terrified. They'd be terrified to come and play here, but you are all brave enough to come here and play. That's the difference. They all say they want it, but they can't, and they won't, but you will. It was just that kind of thing. It was true, you know, because people say, oh, I would love to, but I tell you, when you're under that pressure, it's fucking totally different. You know what I mean? It's constantly pressure at you. But he had some, he had some, like, brilliant speeches and he would he would put stupid things in as well. So he was I think we were playing Villarreal at home, and he was like right into it, the, the the board up and all that. And it was like like you could feel the pressure like of the night, you know, in the dressing room you drip and you you could feel it. And we must have been speaking for about five minutes. Brilliant, you know, bang on everything right. And he was like on his board and that, and we're all listening. It was like yes. And he just turned around and went, Aidan, do you get a haircut today? <laughs> and Aidan was like, aye. Yeah, all right. And he's just back to speech again. Right, so this is, you're playing like, you know what I mean? You're uh, playing fucking Villarreal in the Champions League night. And that's kind of things like that. But the best one that he got, it was the funniest one. We still speak about it to this day, like when I meet guys and that. Um, there was other ones, but I, can't, I couldn't say it on camera. But... Um, there was one where he, he came in. I can't remember who we were playing, but there was always me, Bruni, Zico, Gaz, Mick, right? So he'd come straight in, no matter what, we'd get slaughtered, right? That's mm-hmm. it. Slaughter them first, that's it. So we'd just get it in the neck. All because the time. you just could take it like that. Uh, uh-huh. Probably. But it was, we just got it, right? Every t- Gaz and Mick used to get tortured, right? <laughs> so did I. Uh-huh. And it was always them when he went, and you're not Robo. You're just as bad. In fact, you're worse, right? So we'd get it, right? So one day he comes in, you knew when he was raging because he'd always be eating something. So there was grapes or that was going about, so he'd be so he was chewing about and he was walking. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. And he was, and he was, he was like, so he just stood there and it was a bit silence for a minute, right? Like, fuck's sake, who's getting it now? Who's the way to get it? And he goes, do you know what, lads? He says, um, if I was in the trenches, in the wars, remember the First World War, boys? If I was in the trenches, right, and here's my missus, here's my boys, my kids and all the rest of it, right? And that trenches, 30 yards away, people try to kill me, guns, you know the way he goes on. And, and, and he goes, do you know what? I wouldn't take you with me. Right, so he points to Andy Hinkle, right? And Andy Hinkle's like, oh, what is it? You wouldn't come with me. So he's looking about, right, and he's looking about, and I think it was Donati, and he says to Donati, you definitely wouldn't be with me. <laughs> right? And then he looks through, right, and in Celtic's dressing was a big, huge pillar, right? Huge pillar over one side there, right? And big Georgia Samaras, right? Sitting behind the pillar. So he's looking around, right, and he went, I see a big Greek prick. You wouldn't be with me either, right? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, eh? So I was like, that was the kind of things that he would, he, he would do, but, oh, we used to get it in the neck constantly, mm-hmm. just constant. See, on the European nights, your first start at European night, Barcelona. Oh, yeah. Coming to Dundee United a few weeks earlier, I mean, oh, I know. what was going through your head? Did you know you were going to start again? Um, no, I think he came. I think he came and told... Do you know what? I can't remember. But I knew it was... It was... That was the first time I went in and I'd said, right, that was, a, that was probably the best team that, that, that it had ever been. Do you know what I mean? A club football team. And I remember, I remember standing there, right, and you've got, you had Eto playing up top, you had Ronaldinho on the left, Messi on the right, and you had Xavi, Iniesta, and Yaya Toure behind them. Wow. Right, so, right away you're thinking to yourself, right, and standing there and I'm going, and then when the game started, it was like, wow, they are fucking, they can move, by the way. And I remember, so Xavi got the ball, right? So the ball would come into him and I went, bang, try to press him, right? He just popped it off. I went, all right, okay, so the game's going on. Ball comes to him again, bang, try to press him again. He just went, bang, popped it off again. I went, fuck, I can't do this all night. <laughs> so the next time I just went, boom, so the ball's coming to him and I just stood off him. And all he did was take a touch, just look, and then he started, bang, playing things down, down behind me. I thought, I can't win ever, I can't win ever go after him, but I can't win ever stand off him, so what do you do? And I remember they were bang, bang. I think they made something like 798 passes that night. It was the first time probably anybody had ever seen it. And Zico's shouting to me, I'm going, Zico's running about the middle of Hartley's running about the middle of the pack. Robbo, where did he go? And I go, where the fuck did you go? And I'm like, red arrows going, shoo, shoo, shoo. And then I remember, Sacker will probably tell you this story, Gordon will probably tell you this story. And he, cause he told it at a conference we were at, and I was actually in the thing, and he was laughing because he saw me. And he got, because somebody had asked Gordon Sutter a question, he goes, have you ever been on the sidelines and know the clue what to do and, as a manager? And very rarely that will ever happen as a manager, especially some of his experiences, Gordon. And he says, well, there was one time, he said, he um, was playing against Barcelona, and he says, uh, Robbo, Barry Robson came running over, it was about 15th or 20th minute, comes running over, and I goes, Gaffer! And he went, what? I goes, what the fuck do we do? And he went, Robo, I've no idea. <laughs> and he just walked in and sat in the bench and just watched them, right? And it's a true story. I swear to God, I kid you not, it's a true story. And they were brilliant. 3 2, was it, we gave them a go, but they were unbelievable. And you got a header. How was, that, I, how was that feeling? I just remember going, right, I'm just going to take a chance to get into the box here. And Aidan hit it wide. And he just, I'd seen him checking it. And by the, 
it was a good header by the way, when you see it back, it's like a fair distance out and I seen it come and it goes, I can't really power this, I've got to try and loop it over him because I'd seen Valdez had come out, you know, so I just kind of try to just bang, give it all the neck muscles. It's an unbelievable feeling, you know, scoring that goal against Barcelona from the greatest players in the world, you know, and you just think... Best moment of your career? Aye, but then I didn't think I played well in the game. I, I, I came in, beat myself up, next day raging, went running. But I was I was that determined at that point. It didn't, and I never swapped shirts. Nothing. It was just all right. I need to be better next time I play against a team like that. Do you know wow. what I mean? How many European nights? Certainly part. The best. I mean, even speaking to Fletch, Aaron Fletcher, away with Scotland, that even likes the schools and all that. They say Ronaldo and that. They say that's the best atmosphere. It's it's as good as you'll get anywhere in the world for them. You, it's actually electric. You can feel it. You know when the Champions League music's on. You can actually feel it. Is there nerves? Uh, just everything. You can feel the just the sense of the hugeness of the occasion. You know, it's it's um, you'll never be able to explain it unless you've done it. You know, or you've stood there yourself and knowing that it's 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 weird. It's weird. It's just electric. That team had some great nights in Europe. Was oh, it a team that would socialise together? Would you just go? It? Um, it was hard to go because there was so many games. You know, we were so and. By that point, everybody's really disciplined, you know, we were a disciplined group, but um, we had a few good Christmas nights that we went to Manchester and that was a good laugh. Uh, I went to Liverpool and that was the only real times that we could... We could uh, he wasn't a big fan of the drinking stuff, no. was he? No, or, or golf. He hated golf. Like, he loves golf, loves right. playing golf, but see boys playing golf, he hated it, right? So see now Wednesday, he would ban it. He would say, no golf Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? So if somebody had been caught and he said, <laughs> Gordon said, there's one thing I don't get, right? Why would you think you would put a bag, a huge bag, on your back and walk five miles two days before a game? Why would you do that? Do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. I could get what he was saying. Uh -huh. but, but would uh, boys go back? Would boys still play? Ah, you mean, they, they wouldn't get, like, do you know what I mean? The boys uh -huh. would be, oh, no, see, I back was a golfing yesterday. Better than the gaffer find out, do you know what I mean? But, but no, we did, we, we did, when we won the league and all that kind of things, yeah, we had a brilliant night out and stuff. But, but um, that was just too many games. Really. Would you ever get a wee drink with Gordon Strachan at the end of seasons? Or would you get a chance to have a, a laugh and a, and a drink with him? Um, what, at the end of the season? Uh -huh, end of seasons and stuff like that? No, no, really. He, nah. wasn't, he wasn't a big drinker either, Gordon. And I remember we were sitting having a beer going back in the bus after we won the league at Tannadice. And he was sitting there and you could just see he was happy. But he was very much more, uh, he was happy for everybody else rather than himself, you know? And I think... I think he think he should have walked then. He wanted to walk then. I think, I think it was pressure for him to maybe stay. You know, just on that league one, many people put it into you and me, Hartley getting put in the middle of the pitch. No, it wasn't his ego. It was just me. <laughs> um, yeah, I Would think you I agree. Was, I was well, maybe it was a. I think it, it was a good. It was a good fit for us. It was a good signing. I think um, when when Gordon took me in. Um, Probably, I, was, I think it was about 10 games to go or something. I think we were about nine points behind. And um, a new Rangers were, were, they were in the European Cup, so they were battering all them games at that point. And I thought, see, we just keep pushing the pedal. And that was when there was two old firm games came in the space of 10 days we had to play. And that's when they erupted again. That's when the old, because we're getting boring, like with the foreign players. And I remember, <laughs> and this is a true story, <laughs> I remember when I was with Dundee United, I'd went to Scotland camp and um, so there was all the Rangers boys and there was the Celtic boys sitting and um, I remember hearing the Rangers boys saying, by the way, old firm game coming up, I'm going to flip and we'll just nail them, just get after them, you know what I mean? 
So little be known to me, I was away to sign myself like three months later, so I'm thinking to myself in the dressing room, I remember thinking to myself going, you think you're going to fucking batter us tonight? Do you know what I mean? So it was the first thing I thought. So it was my debut in an old firm game and <laughs> Christian Daly, the board went up, must have been 15 seconds into the game, bang! I've absolutely melted Christian, right? I'm lucky I didn't get sent off because I probably should have been. And they were kicking off. He's going, Robbo, what the fuck? Right. And the place just erupted. And then Zico flew in and big Lee McCulloch, I think, fractured the bone in his foot. And it was just Karen's. We're scrapping, got up the tunnel. It was just putting, I remember Naka scored and Big Yan scored with 1 2 1. And we knew we had the return fixture coming 10 day. So it was just bedlam. It was so was that just discussed between yourselves? We'll get fired into these. Or was no, it the manager that we told you and Hartley to be extra? No, I think, I think Strachan knew I would. That's why he put you in there. Probably going for putting Zeke, wouldn't it? But the, do you know what? I just thought, why don't we just rumble it up a wee bit? You know, and I thought, just go and try and take some, not to try and hurt our MD, but just, I just, and I think it worked. Mm. Um, I would rather have a great bit of skill and score a goal, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It was, and then that was, then we won that game and then we had to play them 10 days later at Parkhead. And then that was the, the when I scored that penalty, but to win it, and that was pressure, you know. Um, no, no, no thing is about taking it. Are you going to take it 100%? No, I, I, I just thought, do you know what? You're here, it's a huge penalty. You're not going to get this stadium alive if you miss it. You know, I thought, and I just thought to myself, you, you've come here to try and be something, you know. You've come here to try and leave your mark as a, as, a, as a good Celtic player, so everybody remembers you as a good Celtic player, and I thought that helped cement that, you know, so. But it was huge pressure, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just went bang straight down the middle of it, and then that was it. Just the, the, We just kicked off, and it was after that game we really went on the, the run. I think we never lost a game all the way in after that. Talking about your uh, partnership with Hartley, who, who, was, who was your favourite one to play with in the middle at your time at Celtic? I enjoyed playing with I enjoyed playing with Bruni. I thought Bruni was a brilliant player. I enjoyed playing with Zico. Paul was probably better for me because he would let me go much more box to box. You know, I would, I could, I would run more than he would. But, but um, Bruni was maybe a bit more similar to me in that sense. But you had that many games. You know, you all kind of played. It was, you know, it was, um, it, it was weird. I don't think I ever played against Kilmarnock for Celtic. I never played in any small games. All I did was play in the big games. I was happy with that. Mm -hmm. Like every big game I played, and I started in. And I, I loved that. Um, it showed that the manager trusted you. But I remember one day, <laughs> she would get the, you normally get the curly finger, don't you, before a day in the dressing room. So it was like, um, guys, Penny came through and he went, Robbo, Zeke, Gaffer, one chair. And we're like, oh, fuck, here we go. We're getting dropped, right? So we walked through the corridor, a bit of Parkhead. I think we're playing, maybe Kelly at home or something like that. He goes, boys, I've got good news and bad news. And I'm like, this is, this is him dropping us, eh? I've got good news and bad news. And I went, all right, so what is it? He says, the good news is, the stock market's up. I made a right few quid today. <laughs> and we're like, aye. He goes, but bad news is, you two are no playing. <laughs> right, that was it. And he just turned away and walked away. Oh, that must be frustrating to right, come and I went, I says, by the way, we've got a Champions League game fucking Wednesday night. We better be playing. He goes, ah, we must be, he must be resting. I said, do you think he's resting? Oh, he wouldn't rest us, we're Scottish. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he just left you dangling, but to be fair, me and Paul knew we would start. Would anyone ever give him a bit back? Gordon Strachan, or was it always just... Oh, aye, Aidan. Aidan knew, ah, it was brilliant. Ah, honestly, it was like, it was like, so, what was it, Strachan came in, and Gordon came in one night, and he went like that to Aidan, he went, eh. Oh, Champions League night, shit the bed again. 
And then went like that and replied to me, went, AC Milan, man of the match. Right? <laughs> you can imagine, right? And then he started kicking off, and then I remember Gordon just standing in the middle. Aiden starts going, do, 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 yeah, and Gordon's going like that, and going, oh, just let Aiden speak. Here he goes. He's just, like, just you know, winding him up. Uh, just winding him up. But, but you know what, Aiden, because Gordon Stratton got the best out of Aiden McGeady, I thought. And, uh, but Aiden just couldn't keep his mouth shut. He was, he was brilliant. But, Gordon would always have a reply to you, so I just thought to myself, a couple of times I'd have, no, but then he would just go bump and say something, I said, what's the point? Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But we would, we would have a, we would have a go back at it, just end up in the shouting match, but, but it was, it was good, it was funny. See, after the two old firm games, was that when you thought, we can win the league now? Yeah, definitely. It was, uh, that was when we thought, we've got them here. They're on the rack, they're, 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 they were starting to shake. Is that you a good see, feeling? Ah, it? it was a good, it was like, you could see them wobbling, and you knew the pressure was on them. You knew they were thinking, "Oh, she's getting chased harder," yeah. you know. And they were getting chased, and like, "Oh," and you could see it, their games and all the rest of it. And so it was, it was, um, yeah, I could sense it. I could sense it. And yeah. coming down to that last game, was it was it too nervy and even enjoy it? I think. I think it sounds strange, but I didn't really enjoy playing football. I just enjoyed winning. <laughs> I enjoyed it, like after it, you know, because yeah. of that much pressure at these games. But see the feeling of winning afterwards, ah, just to win a game, it was all about winning. I, I didn't bother about anything else. Sometimes not even my own performance, would just win. Mm-hmm. That was all, and there was a lot of boys in that dressing room like that. But, but yeah, that last game, I remember, we'd, we'd heard the crowd, because I think Lee Miller had scored at Pataudry against Rangers. So the fans were going mental. And then I think Zico played a corner for a big yarn to score. And I remember after that, I mean, Zico going, every time I got the ball, I passed it back to the goalie. Is that safe? Sackin's going off his nut. Pass it for, not here. You have it. <laughs> Just try to see the game uh, out. Do you know what I mean? But, but it, was, it was a brilliant year. And I'm surprised that Celtic have never done anything more about that season because I think it was maybe 10 years ago. And I'm surprised that there's never been anything because it was a year of Tommy Burns and we lost Tommy and we were all at a funeral and with the Tommy Burns t-shirts went and won it for him as well, you know. And it was an unbelievable league campaign that I think went into Forgotten when it was one of the biggest and best. And it's strange that there's never been any sort of thing, backlash on that, but because it was, it was a real Scottish football, it was a really good time to be in Scottish football in Old Firm, you know, and, mm. and the it, Tommy Burns situation. Was that emotional after the game? It was because with all the t-shirts and all that and... You know the type of guy Tommy was, you know what I mean? He was, uh, he was a brilliant, brilliant guy. So you said about Strachan who made you a better player. What was it he'd done that made, made you better? Just because when I was at Dun United, I got to the stage where I was a captain and all this, and, and I, was, I was played as, I was a bit of a free spirit, but like I could go and really do what I wanted, but it was a lot more structured um, with Celtic because you had other top players that could do it, you know, so... It was more about, he would tell me to right, stand in this position, it was uncomfortable, you know, maybe a bit more between the lines and taking the ball here. And it took a bit of time to get used to it, you know. It was, I was just giving the ball a go at somebody or hit a shot, you know. And it was more about, no, your position will stand there, you'll help your teammate here, you know, that sort of thing. A lot more in-depth of the game, you know, and started to learn a lot more about it, you know. Uh, so got you thinking about the game? Got me thinking about the game a lot And his more. coaching was good as well. Brilliant coaching, uh-huh. really uh-huh. good. Top manager, top, top coach. Really good, demanding. That's what top managers are, you know. Would that year be the highlight of your career? Um, it's been some really good years. Yeah, because you win a league and all the rest of it. But, I mean, I, I love my time at Middlesbrough as well. Second season at Celtic. <coughs> was there any warning signs early on that it wasn't the same as the year before? You said uh, that the managers maybe should have went. 
or wanted to go? No, no, I don't think. I think the biggest problem, I think, well, we'd, we'd lost Sean Maloney to injury. We'd lost myself to injury. We'd lost who else? And I think important parts of the team, you know, like, no, sir, I was, a, I was miles better players than me at Celtic, but bits that you would take to the team was missing a wee bit, you know, and I think that was that was probably the main reason missing players and and at crucial times, you know, would would I think we Scotty McDonald had been out injured for a, a couple of times. I don't I think Big Mick was alright, I think he was, but there was crucial players at crucial times that were lost and that was that that's what I thought lost is the league that next year, you know. You talked about all the high points at being a certain player, um, the penalties that you scored. You missed that penalty against Alborg. Was that oh, a real yeah. low point? Um, I'd missed penalties before, but I think the boys were spewing because I'd lost the bonus. <laughs> <laughs> that was some bonus. That was some bonus, <laughs> but um, but no, I think um, no, because I just try to make it right, and I think it was Alborg. I went and scored another head in the Champions League over there, um, so. And we ended up getting knocked out. We should never have been knocked out there that second season in the Champions League because the, the Alberg had two attacks on us away across there, and it took a deflection. I think maybe off Naka or something like that, and they scored two goals in the space of two minutes at near the end of the game. So comfortable in control, one nil up. I'd scored a header, and I thought, you know, we'd beat Villarreal at home, and I thought that's this, we'll be fine. And that two goals just killed us. That was it. We were out. And it was weird, it was a strange sensation, didn't really go for us that season. See, when things are not going for you, it's like, is it hard? Yeah, it's, it's hard in any walk of life, I think. But Celtic will just test your mentality. Can you, can you handle... Miles better players have went to Celtic and played for Celtic than me, but, but what you need to get in your mind is you need to be able to find, find a way for you to get in the team and find a way for the fans to like you and find a way to be mentally strong. And if you can do that, you'll succeed at Celtic. If you can't, you'll get swallowed up in this big, huge bowl that'll just phew, gone. Do you know what I mean? You need to, it's a mentality thing, I think a lot of it is. Uh-huh. Uh, Gordon Strachan left at the end of your second year. Were you devastated? Um, aye, I was. Uh, I was fighting my own problems with my groins at that point. I'd been through two operations trying to get fit and it wasn't working, so I was, I'd got my last operation. I'd got it was like this is it was. Nobody knew it, but it was make or break. If it didn't work, my last operation that would have been me done. So it was I would have about six or seven months out, you know, at that period. Just to, I missed the whole run into the season, mm-hmm. um, and that was a, a big problem for us. I remember I'd went and got an operation, and it was a, I'd been out for three months. I hadn't even trained. And I was going to try and come back and train and Gordon said to me, he says, would you play in the old firm game? Had to kick the ball in three months, would you play? And I said, aye, my groin could take up. And I remember going into training and thinking, right, go. And I gave it a bit and I just felt like, I thought, oh. So that was back to him and get it done again. So, yeah, so that was, that missed that part. Then Gordon left and then Tony Mowbray came in. And that was another challenge because Tony came in and I, I, I really liked Tony Mowbray had been injured, you know, and, and he, he basically took me in the office and said, look, we've signed this guy, Landry and Gemmo, he's going to play um, before you. And I went, well, but you haven't seen me play yet, you know, you haven't, you can't. And he says, well, I've got Scott Brown, he's going to play and it's going to be Landry and Gemmo. And I goes, I, I will, but you can't say that to me, you have no, and he went, all right. So that was a good motivational factor for me. So within two games, I came back 
he, he played me and I started every game after that because I knew he wouldn't drop me. Because mm -hmm. I knew once I'd got in, I wasn't coming out. Um, and that, that, was, that was the way it went then. So you just on Stratton leaving, did he speak to you personally before he left or was it just a group? No, nah, he just disappeared and the next day he saw him at his villa in Spain on the golf course. I think he needed a break. I think Gordon said to me, he says, being a manager of Celtic is like being the Prime Minister of Britain. Because it is, it's a tough gig. Rangers Celtic man, any manager is a tough gig, but especially then. You said about Mowbray, you quite liked him, but why do you think it never worked then? Um, I think Tony really wanted to play a lovely, exciting brand of football, which is right, which is great, which is Brendan Rodgers is doing now, but I think he maybe tried to change things a bit too quickly. Um, but for whatever reason, I think there was times that they were really flying, you know, by the time I'd left, but, but he was definitely a good manager, really good in the game. And um, I ended up getting on really well with Tony. I ended up making me his captain at Middlesbrough and, um, and uh, enjoyed playing for him. You said you loved your time at Middlesbrough. What, what was so good at a massive club, eh? Yeah, big club, but... you done really well, eh? Yeah, I loved it. It was, it, was a bit, it, was a, it was Gordon's biggest mistake was taking all the Scottish players down at the same time. You know, you had Scotty McDonald and Chris Boyd playing up front and you're thinking to yourself, they'd just end up arguing with each other. You know, who's taking the penalty, who's wanting... You know what I mean? The two... You know what strikers are like, they're selfish, it didn't really work. Um, and that didn't really work, but I was I managed to be successful myself. I won two player years when I was there um, for the two, year, two and a bit years that I played. So I think I got three, three player years ago. And I was only there six months for, for one the of them. The championship suit your style? Um, I, see, the thing was, I didn't think I was going to go to the championship. Because, well, I knew I was going to the championship when I signed, but I thought Middlesbrough, they were about sixth place or something at the time, and I thought they are coming straight back up because they've been in the Premiership for about ten years. So I thought to myself, because I had an, an opportunity to go to other clubs that were in the Premiership, but I thought, Gordon's there, we'll come right back up, we'll be playing the Premiership next season, but it never quite worked like that. So it was frustrating that, but it's a brilliant league, really good league, that'll test you, that tests your character, your fitness, all the rest of it. And, and uh, some really good, good players. It could actually be tougher than the Premier League, uh, that, definitely. And what about you kind of odd for Gordon, just the, the Scottish players? Yeah, I think so. I think he'd, he'd made... I think he'd went down with a bit of a bee in his bonnet when he'd, he'd saw players driving Bentleys that had never achieved nothing in the game. That God doesn't sit well with Gordon, that, you know. And I get that, I understand that, but sometimes you need to look past that and, and try and get the best of the players that you can. And then MLS, mate, over at America. Oof. Factor 82 on every day. How was well, that? Vancouver was pretty similar to when I went here, you know. Um, I, do you know what? I enjoyed it. I probably came back a bit too early. Um, I probably came back a bit too early, but the football didn't... I think Vancouver were wanting to go a bit different. They were wanting to try and get more drive and stuff into their team, and that's why they'd signed me to do that. But... But when you tried it and you tried to put demands on the people around about you, the players beside you, they couldn't handle it. You know, and, and I didn't, I didn't like playing with people that it didn't mean everything to, me to win. And I'm not saying that they didn't want to win because they did, but they didn't want to win as much as me. And I'd been used to being in dressing rooms where that was, do you know what I mean? Be it was, all it was a be all and end all. Mm -hmm. Was just to win, and it, it wasn't that. But terrific people, great club, um, really good club. And I know Carl Robinson's the, the manager there, and I hope he's instilled a bit more of that in it. But, but no, it was. Are they all too nice to each other, um, Maybe, but it's just their way, you know. Yeah. It's the Canadian way. Yeah. You know, the, 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 if you shouted at somebody, they'd, they'd, be, they'd, be, they'd be devastated. Yeah. What do you mean? Like even shouting for the ball. Give me the ball. Oh, no, you can't ask it like that. What? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. Doesn't suit you, that does it? No, that didn't and work for me. Back to Aberdeen. Well, to Aberdeen with your mate, Del McKinnon. Oh, was Del. he a big part of it? Or was it just uh, a club? No, well, like, uh, no so, so remember, he'd phoned. No, I came back and went to Sheffield United for six months. Uh-huh. I hated that. Was with the family and all that. So it was just a quick in and out there. Because um, they, they, <laughs> they offered me money if they, if they got promoted or something like that. They said, if you get us up, we'll give you this bonus or whatever. And it was only like three or four months late in the season. So just something to keep me to, to before I went. So so Del phones me up. No, it was Doc It was on the phone to me. And I knew that I knew they were playing the game. The two of them were playing the game with me. And I said, oh, we'll need to come watch it, Chef. I says, why do you need to come watch me? You know me. <laughs> like, we need to see the legs. I know gone now the rest of it, right? So, so eventually it goes, right... Um, they said, I had a house in Dunblane, but I just sold my house in Dunblane. So I was going to buy one back up here. And Della said to me, um, oh, have you sold your house? Because I, I said, because it was all about negotiations for contract money now, you know. And, and then uh, I said, no, no, no. I said, you have your house, so you're going to move back up here. And then he wouldn't say, right, I want to sign you, I want to sign you. But then eventually he said, right, I want to sign you. Right, and he said, right, so um, it was brilliant. So he turned and he said to me, and he says, right, that's what we're going to give you a week. No, he says, Right, what do you think of that, right? And I've looked at the figure and, and, uh, and um, I went, ah, is that a week? And he went, no, that's a yearly, yearly salary. Right? <laughs> so he burst out laughing, so he broke eyes. So then um, he was going on, I said, well, you, you, but you said you'd agreed a two-year contract for me. And he went, no, just a year. I said, no, it, it was a two-year contract. He goes, no, it was just a year. So he's ended up arguing, right? And, and he met me in a chip shop. We went to Ashfield Chippy. He took the uh, David Goodwillie to the chairman's house in Glen Eagles, right? And I'm getting met in a chippy. <laughs> and then uh, he says to me, so eventually I was just sitting there and I went, just gives it, right? I'll fucking sign it. So I just signed it and threw it back to him, just laughed. He went, right, Robo, we're going to win this season. You know what I mean? <laughs> How would he change for a manager, for a player to a manager? Um, um, okay, the, the thing, the Dell loves the banter, right? Mm-hmm. So you're talking that. And, it gets frustrating for him sometimes because he just wants to join in in the banter. But when you're a manager, you need to come back a bit for that. So that was the only thing because he would he would love the banter there yeah. and that. And when you become a manager, you've got you need to try and come away for it a wee bit, you know, and leave it, me and Doc to do that. Now. <laughs> so would he still get on at you when you were playing? He was manager. Would he shout? Would he get on at you? No, he was he, because he knew I gave everything. You know, he would never. I was we never really had any arguments when I played. You know, there was a few problems when I'd been sent off and stuff like that, but he'd. He'd always pull me and would do it in private, you know. But I would never, never, never once argued with him because at the end of the day, like, he knew that I was giving him everything that you had, you know, so... Did you always think he'd go and be a top manager? Aye. I think... I think when I was at United and we used to speak a lot about the game, me and Dell, and I knew he would go into management and, and I knew I wanted to do as well. Um, but he just did it a slightly different way. Obviously, he'd got the chance to take over at St Johnston. Whereas... I've tried to go and sit in the background and learn for a couple of years and get my pro licence and all that out before I start applying for jobs but and be really prepared for it. Um, but I think it, that sort of fell on for Derek, you know, and uh, and you've seen how successful he's been. He obviously just took it naturally. Mm-hmm. And the club Aberdeen, you surprised how big a club it was when you joined? Well, I knew because I'd come up for this side, but I don't think Aberdeen will ever see 43,000 fans like that. Again. Amazing, eh? And we came up here to, to lift the cup and... Um, I remember the bus coming down Union Street and you could not see it. There was more people there than when they won the Cup Winners Cup in the wow. 80s. It was ridiculous. It was it was all the way down the street. It was just... They were, the fans were unbelievable. I've never seen nothing like it. But, and, it went, and that was a, a brilliant way to 
to, to win another cup, you know, like with a different club, being 20 years for a club this size. But um, but no, it was it was brilliant. What's your memories of the game? Penalties? I just remember, um, it was plenty of games, rubbish game, tired, usual, hot. And um, I remember we, got, we went to extra time, it was 36 at the time or something like that, and, and Dell's moving me back to left back, but I knew because he'd wanted me on for the penalties. And um, so normally it's a case of, like, boys put themselves forward for penalties or whatever. I remember I was, just came out and, like, I'd been bursting for a, 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 a piss, so the, the, the extra time ended, so I just run down the tunnel just to run it because I knew the penalties were coming. So I've come on back out and Doc's like, ah, ah, you take the first one, hurry up. <laughs> so I was no, I was no right here, there. you take the first one, hurry up, score it. So it was, and I knew, but I, I like taking the first one because as, as people say that the fourth or fifth one could be the most pressure, but I think the first one can be tough. When you're going for a, a cup for 20 years, a club that size with that there, I knew that if we got us off, to, it might have settled us a bit. So I just made sure that I scored, you know. Who were, the, who were the good players in that team? Obviously, you played with some great players. Who in that Aberdeen team really impressed I love Peter Paul as a player. Uh-huh. I know he's down in Dynamic, England. Dynamic, Yeah, uh-huh. I really like Peter. Really, really good player. Enjoy. I think Peter's biggest... He enjoyed... Peter enjoyed playing with me in Willow because was experienced beside him, you know. And just tell him, go, go. Uh-huh. When, when you... Like, I just kept him on a leash at times. Just go, go, go. Um, Ryan Jack's a terrific player. Really good close control. I like Jacko as a mm-hmm. player. And, and Derek's made some unbelievable signings. Shea Logan's been a great servant for the club. Yeah. You know, some really good good boys as well. And really did you go out with the young boys after the game? Uh, or the final? No, because they were all going about in the town. So, so no, I'd, I'd end up getting an 800 quid bill in my flipping room. I don't know who was battling on that. <laughs> but um, me and Willow, I got done. So we Willow got done and all. But we, we, we just sat in the hotel, me and Willow. And then I remember coming down in the morning and Derek was doing in the morning and uh, I just looked on him and I went, ah, I think I'm going to have a glass of champagne. What do you think? He went, oh, I'll have one of them as well. So we had a glass of champagne the next morning after we'd been out drinking all night. And, 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 and then I went back to Inverurie and had all my friends around and we just sat with the right few beers. And uh, that was brilliant. Really good. Great, great memories, memories, mate. Great memories. One of the bad memories, Scottish Cup semi-final against St Johnston. How disappointing. That was the biggest one because we should have had a double that year, mm-hmm. and it still annoys me. My dad still brings it up to us that you should have, you should have won the double that year, and we should have. And it would have been, we've been speaking about it for years, but it's just a bad day, you know. It was just a bad day, and, it, and you know what? Because what it was strange because we had big players that knew how to play in big moments. It was myself, it was Willow, Russell, Anderson. We knew we should have got beat. We're exp- we, us as experienced players shouldn't have let us get beat, you know. But I don't know what it was, it just never clicked on the day, you know. Um, so I think, well, we, myself, Russell, well, we'd take the, the, the hit for that, you know. Sometimes I think that was our fault rather than everybody blames the manager, but us as players should have known they should have been better that day to get yeah. us to the final. 2015-2016, uh, what, a, what a run you gave Celtic in the league. Was there a genuine feeling that you could you could challenge it? I can win the league. Um, yeah, I think so. I think um, I think you could sense all wasn't quite right at Celtic at the time, um, and you could sense it we had a really good side, and um, it was just a case of just keep churning at the games. You know, just keep churning. You can't look too far. You've just got to concentrate on the game and win the game. Just win the game. And then forget about it again. Win the game. And that was just the way we, we done it. Especially when it was at Celtic and such like. But so, yeah, I think we did. And 
sometimes just quality in the end. You know, it's, it, 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 it's no matter what you say. And, and I think Aber, people don't realise what Derek's built up here and it gets harder every year because you just say for argument's sake you've got a Kenny, Kenny McLean on a thousand pound a week and he leaves somewhere where it won't, okay, and he leaves yeah. somewhere else <laughs> to break that and he leaves somewhere else for ten thousand pounds a week. So you've got to try and replace that ten thousand week replace. It's tough. And um, so it's been harder every season to do that. Uh-huh. And he f- he's finished second in the league for the, what, the last three years. Yeah, and it's, How big an achievement is yeah, that? It's a ridiculous achievement. And Especially it, for where he took them. Well, exactly. And I remember I had a painter around at my house. <laughs> it was a painter around. And he was saying so, and he was doing this and all the rest of it. And he's like, Ugh. and it's, I could sense he wasn't happy. And I went, I says, well, well what, what do you want? I says, you finished second like four years in the spin or whatever. I says, do you want to go back to finishing third ball and get knocked out by Allah in a cup? Or do you want to finish fourth? Win a cup, getting new training grounds, all of this. I says, the club's huge now, what Derek's done. Mm-hmm. I says, get a grip. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You should be thankful. Sometimes you think people are just... Do you think that's a Scottish thing? Maybe I. I. I think there's a stigma attached to Aberdeen with the Alec Ferguson thing. You know, mm-hmm. that we should be winning this. Yeah, we should be up there challenging in the cups, but... Rangers, we shouldn't be 15 to 20 points near Rangers with the budgets they've got, mm-hmm. you know. It's just the, the money is they're spending. Probably Morelos is probably earning more than our whole squad put together. You know, so there has to be a reality check as well. But, but I think we've, we've stood strong and we've, we've battled it out with them and we've split the old farm and we, we, we need to try and continue to do it. 2016, you retired. Legs, had enough? Um, no, I think I could have played. I think I could have played. Uh, I couldn't have played at Aberdeen, well, because Dale said my legs were done, but I disagreed with him. Um, but no, I still could have played in the Scottish Premier League. Um, so why did you chuck it? Because Derek offered me a job on the coaching side, and then you always wanted to do that. And um, I decided then I would do it, and I thought, you know what, maybe it is time to, to just... Um, my hip was still a bit sore, and I thought, you know what, get out while the going's good. I didn't... I wouldn't, didn't want to drop down to the first divisions or second divisions. I wouldn't have done that. I'd been there and done that before. For, and I didn't want to go back to that. I thought, no, if I'm going to retire, I'm going to retire at a, at a decent club. You know, I didn't want to go lower because I'd been there and done it. So that's why that was a big decision. And there was actually another club had phoned to speak to me on the last day. Wraith Rovers had phoned to ask to speak to me to become their manager. I'm not saying I would have got the job or anything like that, but they phoned. But at that point, I'd said to Derek, no, I'm going to, do this and learn, sit back and learn and try and get a portfolio built of coaches and well, sessions and ideas and plans and all that sort of thing. So I want to do it properly like I've done with my career, my football career, I want to do the same in management and I just have to hope that once I've got all that done, there'll be an opportunity for me to get it. And how are you enjoying putting the cones in? It's good, I, I do enjoy it. Miss playing? Docs are... People ask me that all the time. I'm a bit like Gordon Strachan. I miss being fit, really fit. Although I'm on a treadmill every day, I'm nowhere near what I was, you know. Like, join in with the boys and again. Oh, my God. <laughs> but they'll stop putting me in because I'll end up challenging somebody Smashing late. Somebody. <laughs> so they, they pull me out now and again. Uh-huh. But, but no, it's, I still try and stay fit as I can, but oh, you don't eat the same, you know. You can... You'll end up, you would never have a glass of wine up, you have the odd glass of wine here or there, then, then you're eating, oh, the kids are having a McDonald's, oh, then you're, you feel like you can do it now. Oh, you go buy a chippy, I'm going to go on a chippy. Never used to be able to, because I'd always try and look after myself, but 
But as Derek says to me, he says, look, you've done that for 20 years, just go and enjoy it now. Go and have a glass of wine and a beer and a... Do you know what I mean? Go and yeah. eat. So I do. I do, I do that. And, um, but I still keep fit. I still run every day. Robo, been brilliant. Thanks very much. Brilliant, no problem. Cheers, mate. Antonio Dominguez is an ordinary man with an extraordinary talent. The fastest piano key hitter in the universe. 824 key hits in under 60 seconds. Bravo, Antonio. Your obsession with speed has led to something extraordinary, and so has ours. Ireland's fastest broadband network has just got even faster. One gig broadband from Virgin Media, now available to 97.5% of our network. See virginmedia.ie. Virgin Media. Bring on amazing. Subject to location and availability, T's and C's apply. Ireland's fastest broadband network based on analysis by Ookla of speed test intelligence data Q1 to Q2 2020. See virginmedia.ie forward slash proof. Vodafone is now Ireland's largest fibre broadband provider. We've got fibre broadband here in Dublin. Here in Clifton. And now here. We could soon be powering this podcast you're about to listen to. So you can wonder on your computer from the comfort of your own sofa. Curiosity is everywhere on Vodafone, Ireland's largest fibre broadband provider. From €30 Euro per month, search Vodafone Gigabit Broadband. Terms apply. Subject to availability and selected areas. Average speeds based on Comrade Market Share Data Q1 2020. New customers only. Subject to 12-month contract. Offer ends 22nd of November 2020. See Vodafone.ie forward slash fixed terms for full terms. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.